Somebody get a doctor. I need a shot of medicine, baby. Start recording. Didn't even hold it like that. So anyway, guys, uh, <laughs> you guys can only see how he's holding the mic now. The, the thing is, is when we got here, he's like, "That mic better be coming down from the ceiling, or I'm not doing the podcast." Yeah, it's on my rider. <laughs> nothing but green and gold M and M's, Fiji water, and a microphone from the, from the side from the sky. Why don't you lead us into the intro, yeah. then, Quinn? All right, we are on number eleven, I believe. Number eleven, ladies and gentlemen, coming to you live from the great sprawling metropolis of. Stevens Point, Wisconsin. We have the Bad Medicine Podcast, and as promised, as delivered, as guaranteed, the one, the only, Mr. Well, what am I doing? I'm not going to introduce this man. He's been introducing himself for years. Go ahead and take it away. Ladies and gentlemen from Green Bay, Wisconsin, <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Oh, <laughs> look at that. I, I could have saved my vocal cords. My diaphragm swerved us again. <laughs> it's a great swerve. So how are you doing, Ken? Good, good. Good. How are you? Good, good. We're happy to have you here. We want to thank you in advance for this lovely opportunity of interviewing you. Yes. Uh -huh. I, it's really weird when you look at him like that. <laughs> no. you're saying it like that's kind of weird. What do you want me to do? Stare really at the floor? Hey, well, you were really you were cool. kind of pawing you know, at his, you're to... pawing at his hand a little bit. There. <laughs> there's a little twinkle in his eye there, there too. <laughs> he winked at me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. So there's 2019. Like, so there's like 20 million different avenues we can go with you, but mm -hmm. I'm sure on many different other podcasts and interviews you've done. Um, I'm going to try to stay away from some of those questions. I actually would like to dive into the your... Same uh, old, same old? <laughs> <laughs> like what was it like being Eddie Guerrero's last opponent? Yeah. <laughs> so, Ken, oh, how did you break list. into the business? Yeah, right. yep. uh, what I'd like to dive into is uh, you mentioned uh, even just this latest press round you did uh, that you had some military time. Um, mm -hmm. If you can kind of dive into what your time was like and how long and what um, got you into it. Well, I mean, I, you know... There are people who have done way more than I have ever done it. I was just a reservist, and it was something that I always wanted to do. And uh, when I was 19 years old, I finally pulled the trigger, and I, I did the, uh, um, I think it's uh, four years ready reserve, and then uh, or four years of reserve, and then six years active ready reserve, or something like that. But four years of actual service. I went to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, for my boot camp and then uh fort sam houston texas for my ait and that was where i you know fort sam houston we we're in san antonio i'm 19 years old <laughs> oh, boy. that was fun I believe and i, I got to watch imagine. the packers win the super bowl oh that's, that's right. the best thing ever yeah. 96 i was gonna ask this later but do you still have that jersey that you were given by the green bay packers i do it's hanging on the wall at the academy nice. and if you look in the background uh, the guy way in the very back row is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was the backup quarterback at the time. Oh, oh just, nice. That's hilarious. Happened to come happened over. To yeah. <laughs> so was, speaking of, I heard your radio interview yesterday where uh, the gentleman was asking you what you would do with the Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah. Is that is it how, I how mean, you I mean, I don't know. You know, like I, I'm a fan, but I'm not like – I don't know – the deep, I don't yeah, the pay attention. Yeah, the real details, fine, you know, fine I, points. I'm a fan. I watch 16 games a year, basically. I, I like other football teams. I like football in general, but I'm, I'm not going to, 
you know, I don't do fantasy football because it's like too much work and I'm with you on that. I have to. Yeah, and there's all these. I didn't realize you had. I thought it was just like a set it and forget it thing, right? You pick your team (laughs) and then that's it. (laughs) No, you have to do trades every week and. You gotta set that lineup, you know. You gotta it's, look at the best plays. Yeah, right. And the then you don't have a. I don't have a good running back this week, or you know, whatever. Yeah, pick one up. Oh, that guy's injured. He's got to buy this week. Yeah, yeah all oh. that. These guys have like a twelve-man, fifteen-man rotation. It's just ridiculous. Oh yeah, you, you well, guys yeah. are oh, no, both into me. it. No, no. Well, he's, he's pointing to me. And, <laughs> hey, I won my league, so you know, it's it's fun. It I was mean, rigged. It was I did it rigged. one season. Thanks when I was in TNA. Thanks to Mr. Rogers. Yep, I won. Hey. I did it one season when I was in TNA, and that was it. I remember getting like requests. Austin Aries won the league, won our <laughs> league, and but he's like crazy into it and was trading every single day. <laughs> he's one of those guys that had a really shitty team to start the year out and ended up with the best team in the world at the end of the season because. He's very good with the manipulation of trades and like. Oh, oh yeah, this guy. I'll he's trade fine. you he'll, he'll three you sh- of my shitty guys for one of your best players, and he <laughs> no, paints it in such a way that people go, "Yeah, okay, that sounds great." So you're telling me I get a running back, a wide receiver, and a flex? This is great. Sure. Here you go. Yeah. Next thing I know, the guy sold me a car. It's fantastic. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And a bridge. And, yeah. I got some oceanfront property for you in <laughs> Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Ken, a couple of things that I wanted to touch on with you because, um, you know, kind of like we mentioned before we, uh, we started off with the podcast here and just shortly before the um, they brought in our nice spread of room service here mm. was uh, what I wanted to talk about was, you know, when I kind of came in uh, to the scene, you know, guys like you and Davari uh, were kind of already – on your way, I guess, so to speak. I think you guys were, and at least if I'm wrong, correct me, but it seemed like you guys were kind of at that point where you and a number of other guys um, who were there, who were incredibly helpful, I'll add, were kind of already at that next level where, you know, you guys could wrestle each other and maybe a handful of other guys, you know, whether it be like a, like a Horace or a Magnus Maximus or a Scotty Zappa or, you know, whoever. Um, mm-hmm. But then you kind of felt like you had maybe were ready to move on to that next level. And um, it just seemed to me that, um, that that time when I was starting up and all you guys were around was that, you know, first A, everybody was incredibly uh, helpful and, you know, super nice, never had, you know, any issue with anybody, which I, apparently is rare in the wrestling business. I don't know, but um, everybody was super helpful. But anyways, what I noticed was it just seemed like, and maybe this is hindsight looking back, but it just seemed like, man, you could have taken like any show that was being run in the mid to early 2000s in Minneapolis and put half the roster on raw and it probably wouldn't have missed a beat um mm. do you th- what do you think kind of brought that about was it just like a timing thing you just happened to have the right guys at the right time I mean because I mean Jesus I mean every single one of these guys not only did they look the part they could work you know damn near all of them I think could could cut a promo um do you think it was just luck the way things kind of worked out or guys were kind of helping each other feeding off one another and it was just like that vibe um where it's kind of we're all going to work to make each other better kind of like the ECW Mm. thing a little bit or I think you have selective memory a little bit (laughs) because (laughs) (laughs) it's it's been like 15 years Ken give me some breaks here because I recall for for all the talent for all the very talented guys we did have quite a few goofs around, you know. Like, there were some skinny, <laughs> well, yeah, skinny yarder yeah, geeks that yeah, didn't look like wrestlers and didn't act like wrestlers. And yeah, but like no, I but guess I'm, there was a good, solid crowd. I know you're, I know what you're talking about. There was a good, solid 
crop of people. And I, I don't know. I think it was just, uh, you know, those were the guys that I always gravitated towards. Um, the Cujos and uh, Kevin Krugers and oh, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. even thinking this about yep. some of the Green Austin Bay Austin Aries, yeah, yeah, like Tavari. we all loved the business so much that like this is what we wanted to do. Yep. You know, uh, I know not everybody gets into this business with the intent uh, of of getting to WWE or whatever. They just do it because they want to blow some steam off on the weekends and do something cool with their buddies. But that was the way that we always looked at, like, what are, what is WWE looking for? And, you know, that was, uh, that was our goal, and that's how we approached every match. Like, I wanted to apply whatever I had learned previously. Like, you know, I'd, I'd pick up one little tidbit of information, or we'd watch Raw, and we'd see, like, oh, everybody's doing this like this. So you just kind of figure it out yeah. for yourself. And we would try to apply that to our next match. And every match I remember, I recall was, uh, you know, like, I want to have something good to send to the office. Right. I wanted to send a tape to the WWE. So, like, that was every match. It wasn't like, um, yeah, we'll have 10 throwaway matches, and then the 11th one will really, you know, make really sure that put it together. Yeah, no, it, it was like we put every single one together with the intent of, uh, Which is even kind of funny thinking about, and you just touched on the the idea of sending in tapes. Mm. Is, is, is pretty funny. <laughs> right. even that yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, they never YouTube. watched any of them. Like, no, no. <laughs> got another yeah. one. Freaking couple of, you know, a couple of years after I get to WWE, I'm friends with Tommy Dreamer, and Dreamer's just getting he gets tapes. Every, he just stacks of <laughs> tapes every week, and you know, Nobody even knows what the hell a tape is anymore, right? No. DVDs. VCR. Yeah. Yeah. What's a VCR? Yeah, I'll send you this thumb drive. Laser disc. <laughs> I send them a fucking laser disc. Got this USB uh, here. Yeah. But he would get just stacks and stacks and would. Tommy actually looked at this stuff. There were a lot of other people in his position that just wouldn't. Right. Or if they did, it wasn't really to find the next talent. It was to. See who sent the worst tape, and you know. Like, oh, I'm sure, there everybody's yeah. having a laugh just, about it. Or oh, all it's between just all, everyone. Amazing oh, Vince, you gotta stuff. see this. Watch it. Yeah, Dreamer would come, and uh, you guys have to see this. Right? <laughs> like, what is this guy thinking? You know, and ah, first punch was bleeding all over the place. It was right, great. Right. I can use him. <laughs> he fucking gigged on the lockup. Like, <laughs> pulled a long time. <laughs> Woof. Well, and kind of, uh, you know, speaking to what you talked about, you know, like working with, uh, you know, with Tommy and stuff, trying to get in, I think one of the, um, like one of the biggest things that I remember and, and kind of took away from it was, you know, just how friggin' hard you guys had to work to try to get a little bit of acknowledgement because, mm -hmm. you know, I think people forget, uh, to compare and I granted, I know it's a different time. There's, you know, different, um, avenues of entertainment for people, but you know, when you look back into those early to mid two thousands, I mean, I sent these guys, uh, just a quick um, roster, a quick roster of everybody they had. And you had, you know, this was a time when I think they already brought guys from WCW. So they brought over like your Goldbergs, you had Austin, you had rock, you had oh, Taker, yeah. you had Michaels, triple H. I mean, the list goes on. And on. You had the, both Hardy boys were in their prime, still being completely bananas. Yep. And you know, you could have put the world title on seven and eight of those guys. And they were all huge like, stars. Yeah. Like, believable. Oh, that makes sense. I believe it, you know, um, transition to kind of now, where it's, where it's like, okay, your big stars Brock, and then your other big stars Ronda, 
And then everybody just kind of fills in, and I don't know. And again, I don't want to get into, you know, writing or character development or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you, anybody can deny just how stacked those rosters were, and just what you had to do to just get noticed yeah. beyond being like a security guard or it something who's going to take a punch, you know. Yep. And I, I, I always Austin remember, was still there. Rock was still there. Yeah, right all those guys were still there. And I always remember like you and Davari coming back, or, or then you know, short, real shortly after that, Aries was was in there too. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and you especially, I remember, hey, this week Ken's got brown hair. Now he's got blonde hair. Now he's yeah, got yeah. a mustache. Now he's got a goatee. It's just like, <laughs> I used to just think like, what the fuck are they doing to this guy? Oh, like, you're saying they, before I got to WWE. Yeah, before like, you got there, yeah, well, I, like I don't think. They to like change your look and stuff. Was no. that them or was that you? That or? was me trying. Okay. Just like, well, trying to get there. I did the blonde hair. Yeah, I'm not doing anything to stand out. And it's funny that you bring that up because I, I see that a lot and it's kind of one of my pet peeves but not like uh it's a pet peeve in the way that i like i oh they don't know any better you know like they're trying really hard but like these guys that instead of working on what they do in the ring they work so much on having a fucking mohawk and a braided beard and sure. uh, gear you know, and whatever fucking, you can fit a soda can through their ear because they got the big gauges yeah. and you know skater boys <laughs> reminds me of uh there was a wrestler in minnesota who I will not name, but you guys will know who I'm talking I, about. I think I got an idea where you're going. Where uh, <laughs> he, there was on a, he was on a show. He had a Canadian flag wrapped around his waist. He had platform shoes. He had these little, like, they're these talons you get. It was like a ring that you wore, but it, it was like a big metal talon. He had those on his fingers. He had spiked fucking wristbands. He had a, a hockey jersey. He carried a chair to the ring. That The chair was all painted up like um guy from ECW, uh, Balls oh, Mahoney. Balls Mahoney, yeah, Right, yeah. he had a chair painted up. He had... Uh, chains around his neck <laughs> and he was fucking painting his face and I remember Stefano walked by him and he was like oh uh, and face paint <laughs> Stefano <laughs> 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 It's you know that's it's gonna put you over the edge, bro. Yeah, that, that's what's they looked at it. you before the face paint. And they were like, oh, no, he's, he's just missing something. You know, I, don't, a, I can't put my finger on it. He's, but. he's just too bland. Face too paint, bland. the face paint. He's a ten in the ring. If we could just figure something out, you know. <laughs> but you know that's my to my you know to your point earlier. I think people put too much emphasis on the look and right. not enough. And I mean, like the look. Put put it into your body, not you gear know, like, or shirts, right, or right, yeah. or haircuts or, right. or whatever. We need the right shirt to cover up the body. Exactly, I don't want yeah. people to see it. Well, I mean, not everybody has to have a. Not everybody has to be a Greek god either. That's the cool thing about wrestling. Yeah, and, and especially I like how that's really changed nowadays too mm-hmm. because, again, going back to when you were trying to get in, I remember talking with um, a certain trainer down in Milwaukee uh, who shall remain name nameless. nameless. <laughs> we don't name names. The late great. But his, uh, his whole thing was god that, uh, you know, look at these guys. They all look the same. I could take their heads off, put them on different bodies, and they would all look the same. And mm-hmm. he was referring to the very young Batistas, Ortons, Cenas, mm-hmm. when they were just coming out of, 
of OVW, and everybody did kind of look, I mean, you know, tights and yeah. amazing physiques and everything, and everybody looked very similar. So, yeah, to to be where it is now, where a guy can be a bit more of a character, and like you said, you don't have to be a Greek god just to you know to get there for a starter. Um, I think is definitely a good thing. But uh, yeah, it was definitely a real tough era where you felt like at least I felt like well Jesus Christ I'm like you know Ken looks great uh Sean looks great Aries looks great I'm like Jesus I'm gonna have to hit the gym for like 12 weeks straight and diet like a son of a bitch just <laughs> yeah. to uh just to maybe get into no. catering and steal some food well you that's know? <laughs> that's the way we always looked at it too like this is this is how we have to look in order to to even get a sniff yeah you that's know? what was kind of demanded at that and time I think this is what we're gonna do and you know yeah there was no never a big steroid thing or whatever like you know right there wwe never said you have to be on steroids in order to get a job mm-hmm. it was just the way that it was in the business and it had nothing to do with like wwe other than like those are the guys they hired yeah know? yeah and just that's so how just people happen to look yeah, you know um, yep but uh but yeah i mean so i that was, you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about and get your uh, get your thoughts on because, like I said, I just remember it. Uh, you know, you guys always worked really hard to get there, and you were always incredibly helpful, whether it was on road trips or in the ring or whatever. And uh, I mean, everybody was great, but um, you know, it, it was it was cool to to talk with guys who were actually going there and doing it, and then mm. coming back and then being on those same shows with guys. Um, you know, whether it be the First Avenue shows, which were always a lot of fun. Those are, those fun. are great, and yeah. you know, I feel bad because you know, being from Wisconsin, I don't know what the fuck First Avenue. And it was a big deal. Right. Okay, yeah, it was in yeah. a movie. All right, whatever. Me too. I didn't. You know, I didn't, I didn't know, know until it was a big deal. I started working over there. Yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, once you're done, you're like, oh fuck, that was that was kind of neat, you know. So yeah, great to uh, you know, great to kind of touch on that stuff. One thing I might add that we always did was we would fucking drive anywhere. Yeah, I remember for that. work, and it wasn't about money to us. It was like I want to make money eventually, but if if you want to be a doctor. You rack up an insane bill on, on your schooling yeah, or whatever, right? Or whatever. Minimum. Right, and you go to school for 10 years and you pay your dues. And I always looked at the, doing the indies and driving all over the place as this is you know, our college for I want to get to the pros. Yep. And that was something that I, I think – and it's not even just necessarily – in wrestling, but I think just in life now, people think uh, that the minute they get out of college and that they, they should have a job and they yep. should be making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year and where's have the all money? the benefits and stuff like that yeah, instead the of car? where's the Stepford wife? I'm ready to go right, right now. now. Yeah. Just like cookie cutter, like you came off a factory assembly line and this is what happens. And I I went hunting uh, about four or five years ago out in New Mexico, and my guide was saying that. One of the best taxidermists in the country um, had given him a free job. Said, "You, I'll teach you everything that I know. You just come work for me." And you know that was sort of like uh, not slave labor because he was he was teach actually him something, teaching yeah. him in exchange, and it was like an apprenticeship. And uh, he did it for about three months, and then he was like, "You know, he's he's just using me." And um, I I get it to a degree. Yeah. You know, there is a fine line between somebody just using you, but if you're getting something in return, especially like an education like that from one of the best guys in the country, 
Yep. And I think that's why I always looked at wrestling was like, yeah, I the payoff's always going to come in the back end. Money, you know? money is not a, the only form of currency. No, that's all you're looking for. I mean, and, and you see it too, and I'm sure you've seen it with guys. I mean, you know, you've been to every promotion there is. Um, I think the guys who are just there chasing dollars, they'll last for a little while. Yep. But if you don't have the passion to be on the road, be mm. on the air. The, the, the airplane flights, doing the hotels, doing the grind, you know, you're not going to make it. You know, you're just yeah. not. Money will come if you do something that you truly enjoy and you're not doing it for the money. Like you, can't, you can do both. You can make money and have fun, but like I think if you really put everything uh, into that gig, whatever it is, even outside of wrestling, um, if you're worried about money, you're... Yeah. Yeah, Your chances are less. Yeah, I mean, I've always kind of felt that is, as long as you're not afraid to work hard, you're going to be fine, yeah. and, and it's going to come there. And then to your point, if you're passionate about it and you're willing to stick with it, it that stuff will come. You know, that was I, – I forget who was talking about it, but back when uh, – you know, back in the day, I just remember guys saying, you know what, talent gets found eventually. Yep. You, know, you can't stay hidden you forever. You cannot deny talent, and period. And if you're, if you're out there, you're putting your name out there, it's going to happen eventually. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, it's going to get found. Mm, agree. You can't deny talent. Mm -mm. Uh, so kind of one of the things we do on the podcast here a little bit is uh, little pet peeves. <laughs> and so we were kind of curious, because uh, you've been up and down the roads, so I'm sure you've seen a lot of stuff. Uh, what is uh, some pet peeves of Mr. Anderson? Mm, like in wrestling? Gym, you know, wrestling, whether wrestling, gym, gym, gym driving. Oh, God. Like, like seven guys talking at once to you in a microphone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that like one of the worst things in the world? Um... Like in wrestling, uh, you know, I guess my a pet peeve of mine is um, like transitions, you know, the punches and the kicks in between the moves. And people are worried. You can tell that they're not thinking about what they're doing right now. They're thinking gotcha. about the move. So yeah. they just throw these shitty little forearms or shitty little kicks or whatever instead of like making everything count. That's That's irritating to me. Um, You'll see that tonight. <laughs> no, Usually, like, I'll be – I, I like well, to watch the matches. The I like to watch the matches, you know, like when I'm on a show. And even I, – I do it in WWE. I'll watch – and I do it to myself, too. Every time that I see one of my matches, I'll – God damn it. What a, what, seriously? <laughs> like, I've never, ever in my entire life had a match where I said, yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was the Five one. Perfect. Stars. That's the one. <laughs> never. No. Mm -mm. Probably because it's never come close to that, but <laughs> in reality, but you know nothing that. But that's I'll stand at the curtain or I'll stand and watch the monitor and I'll see that kind of crap and I'll just ah oh, fuck I'm done. You know, yeah, like, it's it's almost like they're getting too wrapped up in moves or spots, and it's like yeah. you've got a spot and a move right in front of you. It's called a punch. Yeah, you make it count, worry about make, that you know? right now. Like that's what I'm doing right now is I'm giving you a really solid yeah. punch. I mean, and to that point, I mean, you go back, Jerry Lawler would have a whole match that just revolved around one punch, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, right. So it's like it, it can be done, and mm -hmm. I don't think every match has to be, you know, 100 miles an hour, although that's – there's definitely a difference. Yeah, we've, we've talked about it before on the podcast where um, super kick if you super go kick back mean. and watch, like, some old Raw or Nitro or whatever, and then you watch whether it be NXT or whatever, some of the stuff now, you're like, Jesus, these guys are just going a million miles an hour. And I get that athlete evolve and athletes get better. I mean, look yeah. at football. You know, mm -hmm. you got guys who used to be 200 pounds playing linemen. Now you got guys 300 pounds running a 4-4-4. Yeah, crazy. You know, so that's understandable. But um, 
you know, like to your point, you know, there's no reason to rush. And if you're going to hit somebody in the face, you might as well make a count. So you brought up NXT and I love, you know, I, I have friends there. I, I think that the, the level of talent with the entire roster is insane, right? Like, but I can't watch it because I'm, second match of pay-per-view, I'm fucking exhausted. Like, I want to go to bed. I'm serious. I can't you feel take like you were in the match. You're, you're no, winded. but it's like, it's just finish your kick out, finish your kick out, finish your kick out. Yep. Fucking peel back the thing on the floor, finish it on the, car, on the concrete. Still kick roll out. in, kick yeah. out. Fucking, it's just crazy. I just, every get, single match has that. Yeah, and I, I get a concussion just watching the main event where they're giving 13 <laughs> super kicks to each other and getting up. Can I pick your brain on this mm -hmm. real quick? Yeah. The, no. I bitched to these guys all probably too much about how I'm seeing 42 super kicks yep. in a match and then 42 knee strikes following. Mm -hmm. what, what, like, what's your thoughts when you see that happening? Slappy kicks. I feel kicks. like the super kick now is basically no sell it. And where it used to be Ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, he just rolled his eyes. <laughs> he got hot. I just got I hot. they heard him roll his the eyes. The slappy kick. First, let me. You remember when the slappy kick started, Ken? <laughs> Yeah, fucking slappy kick. Hey, slappy kicked him. <laughs> I remember somebody doing a thing where they would snap mare the guy and they would fucking kick and they would slap their legs so hard, but they would actually kick the fuck out of them. Yeah. And I remember Lynch being like, if you're going to fucking kick me, just kick me. You don't have to slap your leg and kick the fuck out of me. <laughs> but the slappy kick drives me insane. I think it's way overused and I've started. Uh, implementing every time one of my students does a, a slappy kick, everybody does 100 squats. So, like, one night we had six in in the matches, and so <laughs> everybody got to do 600 extra squats at the end of the night, and, like, you know, they get to thank the person who – I think one of, one of yeah. the guys was responsible for five of them. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but um, – But do you feel like people are almost being – our fans are being conditioned now where if you don't make the sound and you do the kick, they're kind of like, oh, what the fuck? Did he hit well, him or not? I think just kick, just make, you know, if you make a connection, I think it's just like any other thing. Like, you know, make solid connection with a clothesline or a fucking back elbow okay, or anything. Like, you know, it makes a little. Yeah, because that was kind of what I was. has to be that. Yeah, that like, real crisp uh, kung like, fu movie from the 70s. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you watch, like, movies from the 80s and. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> someone's slapping like a, a wall. snare drum every yeah. time somebody gets punched. <laughs> but um, to what you were asking about, uh, I think that things because I, I was hearing the same stuff when we were we were doing that. It was the DDT at the time. Like everybody does a DDT, and it used to be a finisher. And I remember Buck Zumoff coming into the locker room one time, and and uh, Eric Hammers was the guy that trained me, and and he. He said, hey, Buck, did you see my match? Can you give me any feedback? And he's like, yeah, you gave him a finisher in the first fucking two minutes. <laughs> and he was like, what? What do you mean? Uh, you fucking suplexed him. You suplexed him. And Hammers was like, Buck, it's fucking 19 <laughs> or it's 2002. I think it was like the late 90s, early yeah. 2000s. Like, <laughs> Buck, a suplex hasn't been a finisher for like fucking 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so I think... Things evolve, and I get it. Super kicks are it's, it's something the crowd always bites on. Mm -hmm. If it's done well, 
Yeah, you, I, you know, it's it's oh, one of those oh, things. Oh. No matter what, no matter how many times they could see it on every single match, and if it's done well and it's done right, it it gets a reaction. And at the end of the day, I think that's what we're after, right? And yeah. so I don't mind that everybody's doing the super kick. I I get it, and I think people should try to limit it <laughs> to one per <laughs> show. Yeah, <laughs> maybe one standing and one from the knees or yes. something like that. You know, because yes. we're Do we should we should it. keep a count on how many we see tomorrow night. Let's do it. Right. You know what? Uh, I well, the one last night would have been the one to be counting. Well, yeah. What's up? Oh, I'm NXT, NXT right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the main event, like I said, it was like at least 38 in that main event. So I, I would probably do a super kick, but I can't get my leg up that high because <laughs> I'm not flexible at all. I've always However, <laughs> a promoter in England asked me, uh, this was probably two years ago now this happened. He's like, uh, hey, I want you to pull this midget out of the front. This this guy wants to come to our shows and he wants to actually be a part of it. He's a great kid, but we want you to pull him out of the audience and then super kick him. And I was like, uh, I don't know if I can get my leg up. That high, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually practiced it for the first time and uh, and I slapped and kicked the shit out of him. Too, <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm actually okay with it on a finisher. Or or super kick, sure, yeah. exactly. But because it's I think just the punches and stuff. Everybody like Jay they Cash. just throw a regular kick to the gut and they fucking slap and oh, yeah, it's just awful. Yeah, because well, to your point, if it's going to be a finisher, like you said, you, you kind of almost need that little bit of extra. Of, yes, this happened. You know, yeah. to tell the audience. Um, yeah. yeah, so I would definitely yeah, uh, agree with that. To me, that was always the same with like punches. If they had happy feet and they're making that bubble boom, bubble boom yeah. on the, on the mm. ring, so it's like okay. Uh, a punch just sounded like a suplex because that's what it just sounded like because your feet were so happy. Speaking of, uh, no, that just. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we'd get the pet peeves. <laughs> the, the ring. So at the academy, we pad our beams, we pad the metal beams. For some reason, promoters loved the. <laughs> that like double bounce that you get. It, but it's so loud. And you, know, you see the opening contest, two guys circling. Or they're just chain wrestling, and it sounds like a fucking herd of elephants <laughs> yep. is yes. dancing, doing the Irish jig. Seriously, it, it, that drives me insane. Um, so I wish people would like just be softer on your feet. Yeah, I mean, it like, takes away it from a little bit. yeah. That's what you know. That's what you're fucking dance, to be so don't yeah. Those noises that the ring makes should be earned, in my opinion. Like. Exactly. You know, yeah, it makes it shouldn't make a sound every time you fucking touch the canvas. It should make a sound when somebody gets slammed or. Agreed. You know. Yeah, totally yep. Especially like when you're running the ropes. You know, it's doing all that. Bounce, yeah. Making all that noise. Yeah. And, all, and that's why we, we pad because, you know, I, there are times where we have 25 students in class. Everybody's running the ropes <laughs> in a small enclosed area. Yeah, I, I'd have to wear ear earplugs yeah. or. What size is your ring there, Ken? It's an eighteen. It is an eighteen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Remember when I? I think I started on a, either a fourteen or a sixteen. Whatever. Yeah, Terry really? had 14? his garage there or whatever. I've never been in a fourteen. Maybe I, I think it was maybe it was at least a sixteen. In Terry's garage? Yeah, yeah. I think it was I, a sixteen. Had the real low ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've never been there. Oh, but I've heard Aries and, and Davari and a bunch of other people talk. Yeah, about you'd it. Got a super cold. On that. You would have had to hit the ceiling. But uh, yeah, that's why uh, I didn't know how to. Well, I guess properly do a suplex <laughs> until I went to another school that, that had a ceiling. <laughs> we were more ground-based uh, there, I think. <laughs> ground and pound. Ground and pound, yeah. That's good. Earn earn your uh, – to be fair, I don't let any of my students go off nothing above the second rope ever. And, you know, I teach them 
arm drags and hip tosses yep. and side Russian leg sweeps and body slams. And that was yeah, yeah. my first and three storytelling classes. really. Yeah, I mean moves are really arbitrary at the end of the day. They don't, don't you matter. Think? It's just weird because yeah. it's it's wrestling. So when when you heard and I remember hearing people say that and like, ah that fucking grumpy old veteran like what the moves don't mean anything. It's fucking wrestling. Of course they mean something, <laughs> <laughs> but it it really doesn't. It's you could yeah. you could know three moves, and if you put them together in the proper way, you could tell a good story. Oh, absolutely. Fans will be entertained. Yep. Oh, 100%. So I know your time's precious here, but uh, again, you've been up and down the roads. How many, can you tell us any good pranks? Pranks? That, uh, you've experienced. Like the one time? right now where we're not recording any of this? <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Ribs on you guys then. <laughs> so you got another half an hour. Yeah, nope. Uh-uh. Really <laughs> okay, just, just act real surprised when yeah. we ask you Whoa. something. You're an actor, you can okay, do it. Okay, Dave, yeah. now record. <laughs> um, pranks. You know, I, one thing Done two or I heard t- Dr. Tom say this a long time ago. That He goes, I don't rib people because I don't like to be ribbed. And I don't dis, you know, it's not like uh, I get bent out of shape if I get ribbed or anything like that. But I just, I've never been the guy that like pulls ribs on people. He he ribs people all the oh, time. Yeah, he's fucking a regular old own heart over here. No, no, no. no. So, what well, what, what do I do? Heart. Well, because Quinn and I had a tag against uh, two uh, really green guys. Okay, let me preface this by saying that I think if we look into the psychology of the story and what was trying to be accomplished, I think it works out really well for what we were trying to do. So, okay, continue, Dave. So, there... It's a show of a maximum of 20 people. And we, it was hot. Were, we were told, hey, you're going to put these guys over. And their whole gimmick is, is that they accidentally win. Uh-huh. And Quinn's like, uh, so well, that's how you want them to win? It was, I can't remember how the finish was supposed to go. Yeah, but but Quinn was not cool with the finish. I mean, bear in mind, these guys were like 5'6", 110 pounds, soaking wet. And, yep. you know, and me and Dave had just been – we were the tag, tag, t- we were we tag champs for a while. We were, they were putting us over or whatever. We were, we were doing pretty yeah, well. We were on the car ride up. I was telling you guys. So they, yeah, so they wanted us to put these guys over who are, you know, look like they have no business at a skate emporium, let alone, right. let alone a wrestling ring. So, okay, sorry. No, and so Quinn goes, hey, Damone, so what we're going to do is I'm going to tell them one thing, and we're going to do something else. And I'm like, are, what? Are you sure? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do. Yep, and uh, so... We go out there. The dudes are total deer in headlights. Everyone in the back, it, Quinn's yelling, trying to still put, sell it and put it over. And Get us guys that can work. You know, like I'd send them into the corner and I'd say, hey, watch the clothesline. And like I'd stand there and be like, why aren't you coming out at me? Or, you know, something like that. Just Because this was at the time when like punk was really kind of breaking the fourth wall. And I'm like, hey, maybe this will work on this level. Right. What the hell? <laughs> You're the shits. <laughs> hey, promoter, get us guys that can work. Oh, well, then man. the promoters, after we say, hey, it's a big rib. Aha, uh-huh, we got you good. And they're still like deer. Well, that was in back at at the the end. And we we get back back. through the curtain because what had happened was, see, Andrew started talking and he fucked up the whole story like he always does. Now we're wasting Mr. Uh. Anderson's time. (laughs) Anyway, so so what happened was, so we had this match with the kids, made it look like the drizzling shits, which it probably was. was. And then um, we get through the back and I'm yelling in the back. I'm saying, what the hell's going on? These guys have my life in their hands. They're the shits, blah, blah, blah. You were... 
not being serious at this point, yeah. or you were being this serious? This was being serious. Okay, yeah. At, at the time. And then they come through the curtain, and I'm like, ah, you know, just fucking with you guys. That was a little fun out there. You know, we had to come up with a way to get you over, so the way we got him over was me and Dave just walked out of the match and left, and they get the count-out victory. So it's like they won by being shitty, which I thought worked well. We had our egos. We weren't going to do this. <laughs> with this and, story. And so to me, I thought it was a great uh, idea. <laughs> that's what you call a rib. You know, so uh. we had a little fun with them. I mean, you know, it's in front of 20 people. What do you got to get? Have fun, right, 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 right. Yeah. So they don't always have to be five star matches. You know, so there's probably a little bit of heat on that, but to this day, I stand by that point as this is my hill I'm gonna die on. God damn it, that was a good yeah. idea. But uh, so that yeah, I guess that was my my big rib. But but to be fair, I only did it because something similar, and I know we'll wrap this up real quick. But something similar happened to me where I was I think still only in my first dozen matches, about as many as this guy's had, and uh, I was supposed to wrestle uh, <laughs> I was supposed to wrestle one guy. And then uh, I'm in the ring waiting, and then uh, Horace, the psychopath, comes out, and I'm going to wrestle him with, you know, not talking about anything, not going over anything. And, uh, but, it, you know, it was fun, and it was a little rib, and it was like a welcome to the business kind of thing. So uh, I thought we'd have some fun with it. But. That's, I'm cool with stuff like that. You know, I, I just I remember Rockin' Randy. Do you, you remember yeah, Rockin' yeah, Randy? Yeah. He used to – he would train guys, and then he would be like, I'm going to give him a shitty gimmick. Fucking rib him. <laughs> <laughs> And he would get like the Wisconsin chicken. Like, these, <laughs> here you have this guy that's super jacked. I, I did the Wisconsin chicken one time. And like, I was in pretty good shape at the time too, I think. But it was just like, <laughs> you know, it was his way of just sort of yeah. reeling you back in or, you know, make sure that your head doesn't get too big. He would just. Well, didn't you have to do the, didn't you do the Candyman gimmick or something for the high rollers once in Minneapolis? Or you did, I don't know. Like, did Santa I? Claus I don't, type thing, I don't maybe? recall that. Yeah, maybe. I don't recall doing the Candyman gimmick, but you can do the Scott Steiner answer on that one. Oh, it must have been the shits because I don't remember. <laughs> you're, not, you're not recording this, right? So Ken, I know you got to go here. Uh, why don't you put over your school and where that is and everything about it? Um, we have the Academy School of Professional Wrestling in Minneapolis. It's actually in Brooklyn Park. Um, train five nights a week. Right now we do. Um, it's twenty nine fifty for three months of training, or I'm sorry, eight months of training. Like I said, you can come five nights a week. Mondays and Wednesdays are beginners. Tuesdays and Thursdays are advanced. But I allow everybody to come every night. So even the beginners can come to the advanced nights and basically just watch. Sure, at least they something. let them. I let them. Hey, I let them get in the ring and uh, you know do a little something. And then Friday nights, everybody comes together and we do character development promos and sort of have a light ring day. But we watch matches and sort of dissect them. Um, but that's you know that's the way it, it currently goes. Like I said, eight months, twenty nine fifty. We have payment programs. Uh, if you can't come up with the three thousand dollars, you know, right Just out take of the gate. Payday, kid. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he took it out of my hot dog. Yeah, and a uh, we have a ten ten year exclusive deal that if you go to WWE, <laughs> I get ten percent. There you go. I had a lawyer once told me when we were starting the academy. I, there was an attorney that was like, you really should. Look into doing something like that because you're teaching. Like, no, no. Does a, <laughs> does a college, does a college, you know, even the big accredited schools like Harvard teaches somebody, uh, you know, were they taking 10% of Barack Obama? Yeah, of his pay. No, like, so stupid. But, um, but yeah, and it, really, we've got students. We opened, we've been open now for two and a half years, and we have students that still come that were there on the first day. And we do. Uh, if it, we also like are open to professional wrestlers that are experienced. 
if you're established and you've been properly trained, and I sort of have to put you through the paces and see <laughs> if if that isn't ca- – because we've had guys that come sure. in there. How long have you been in the business? Eight years. They don't know that you're supposed to grab the rope when you run it. Like, yep. They, yep. What? <laughs> so, like, in that case, you've been in the business for eight years. I'm sorry, but you're not trained. Mm-hmm. So, um, But but we do offer 75 bucks a month, and they can come five nights a week. But that's for – established professional wrestlers and then also for our people that have paid the three three thousand dollars made it through the eight months and still want to come sure still want to come work yeah because i mean you know there's going to be times you're going to want to work on stuff and Mm -hmm. you know and like you can always do it before a show or whatever so that would work out fantastic and it's you know i was i was telling some other guys when i heard about your school i'm like you know it's really good that you know somebody else is kind of picking up I guess for lack of a better word, the slack in the area to, to train people and let guys do it, you know, the right way and, and have a facility that works and, you know, can, like I say, not come into school the first day and say, Mr. Anderson, I want to learn a power bomb, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I really, you know, it's good that you're taking the time. I to want to learn one too. Stories. <laughs> Let's do a pile driver just for uh, starts. No, there's a story of a guy, uh, the great Kali, the first time he got in the ring, he fucking power bombed a guy and he killed him. You know that story? I, I I've, 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 heard I've that not story. heard that one. Wow. And yeah. listeners, you'll have to yeah. wait till next week to hear it. <laughs> Ken is back in November. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we don't teach power bombs. <laughs> um, well, no, but no, we, we teach, you know, we train the basics of wrestling, and I really focus heavily on storytelling and doing things right and Absolutely. making everything count. And, um, yeah, you can go to the academyprowrestling.com. For more info, you can text us at 507-722-2776. That actually comes right to my phone. It goes to my wife's phone. And, uh, you know, we'll actually interact with you. We're pretty quick. Please don't yep. send me nudes or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> that was one time, all right? Sorry. Yeah, bro. Too, too many, way too a- many cock shots on my phone. <laughs> Short show there. Yeah. <laughs> Short stories. Yeah. All right, Mr. Yeah. Anderson, thank you for your time. We thank appreciate you very much. It, yeah, I appreciate you guys. And Absolutely. this is the Bad Medicine you. Podcast. Ken, you want to take us home? Uh, no. There is no home. So it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy Thanks, yourself in the sprawling metropolis of Stevens Point. L- and, uh, hey, they might, love me here in Stevens Point. They, they do. They and uh, you might be able to find yourself some uh, nice gimmicks at the local Menards with your payday. You'll be all right. <laughs> We are out. Thank you. Thank you.